You're listening to The Nerve, an English at WIT podcast. Today we're reflecting on our semester and the events that members of our English and Theatre Studies team have organised for students. So our students have had the opportunity to attend Marina Carr's The May and Una Troy's Mount Prospect, which we actually talked about in our last episode. But the focus today is on a production of Huey by Eugene O'Neill that came to us actually in our very own classroom and a creative writing workshop that we had on Tuesday of this week with the award winning author Claire Keegan. I'm joined by first year students Aoife Malloy and Emma Kearns, second year student Neve Callanan and fellow English lecturer Dr Christa De Bruyne. So welcome to everybody and thanks a million for being here. Um, I suppose the first thing we might talk about is Huey because that was, I suppose, chronologically, that was the first uh, of these events that took place. And Christa, you were really um, important in organising that. So can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? It was so fantastic on the day to have this performance in our classroom. It was a very odd thing, but it was a wonderful thing. So how did it come about? Okay, so in October, uh, the International uh, Eugene O'Neill Festival was held in New Ross. And as part of that festival, we linked in with the Eugene O'Neill Foundation San Francisco under the artistic director Eric Hayes. So on the 17th of October, WIT hosted a Eugene O'Neill masterclass, which included a performance of the one act play Huey by Eugene O'Neill written in 1942. And the play is really an extended monologue and um, it focuses on two strangers looking for meaning in their lives and so on. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about the plot. I mean, what I, I didn't know a huge amount about this play. I read it in advance mm-hmm. of the performance. But it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's two characters who are very, very different. One who is very loquacious, can't stop talking, he has logoria, you could say. And then the other one who is very reserved and doesn't say a whole lot. Uh, who are they? Tell people who don't maybe know anything about the play. OK, so the play is set in 1928 and it takes place in the lobby of a hotel in Midtown, New York. So you have this character who's effectively uh, staying in the hotel, talking away to the new uh, porter or receptionist. And and Huey is the, the absent person, of course, in the, in the play. And what's really interesting about this production is that Eric Hayes, the artistic director, reimagined uh, the stage directions as a third character in mm. the play. It was a really new, exciting adaptation of yeah. it. Because one thing O'Neill is known for is really extensive stage directions. And that makes it very easy to stage the place. But as an audience, it means that you're missing out on quite a lot unless you have the transcript of the play in front of you. Absolutely, so, because Huey is kind of the old porter, isn't he? Huey yeah, has passed yeah. away and this new porter has replaced him. And you know, for our kind of main character who's a bit of a gambler and who likes to talk, he's a bit, you know, he's not as good as Huey used to be at listening. That's the way he kind of frames yeah. it at the beginning anyway. Yeah, and I think, you know, he learns what's expected of him as the play moves on. Um, so it's really interesting to watch. But, for you know, for the, the students, it's so wonderful to see theatre in practice. It's so different to sitting in class and reading um, a play to see these three actors bring the play alive in the classroom. Um, and what was really lovely was they were so generous with their time. After the play ended, they opened up the room to questions and the students had so many questions. Yeah. And they talked not only about the play, but about Eugene O'Neill and also about you know, the uh, process of acting and 
adapting plays. So I think we all learned so much from it. It was a really wonderful morning. Yeah. And a lot of that was thanks to you because, you know, organising these things isn't easy. Um, And for our students, I suppose they need to know that, you know, that sometimes we really need them to come along because it will validate all these things that are being done. Um, So you did a great job in organising that. It was really brilliant. Um, Something that also came out afterwards was that, you know, one of the actors (laughs) was quite famous and we didn't realise it as as he was um, as he was performing. So if anybody has watched 13 Reasons Why They Might Recognise Him. So Aoife, I think you were one of the people you clicked it, didn't you? Didn't you kind of cop on? Um, I think it was one of the lads beside me because like I knew that I'd recognised him from somewhere and um, I just, I you know, um, we were talking about it afterwards and then he kind of came up and we were chatting away about acting and stuff um, because like he was a fan of... Um, um, like manga and anime and stuff which is like you know a Japanese style of animation mm-hmm. and um, he was chatting to us about that and we were having like a right old time and then he just said oh yeah like I'm in 13 Reasons Why and we all instantly kind of you know freaked <laughs> out a little bit just a little bit well it was, it was more than a little bit wasn't it yeah. I mean in a good way it was yeah. really really funny um, yeah and his name his, the actor's name is Dorian but he plays this character called Coach Patrick mm-hmm. I can't even remember what his surname is in real life actually sorry that's terrible isn't it um, but he was such a good sport wasn't he he was really great about you know coming in for pictures and everything yeah. um, so it was really really good fun actually um, so Emma and, and Neve, you both attended that event as well like what did you think of it? I'll go to you first, Neve. So again, you know, sometimes these events happen in the middle of the semester. You might have deadlines coming up. You might have other things on or classes that you need to go to. And we're berating you constantly saying you have to go do this. Um, do you think these events are, are worthwhile? I think these events are definitely worthwhile because it's it's good to see theory put into practice and it's much easier to understand because it's one thing hearing about something and reading about something. But seeing something actually being done gives a much deeper level of understanding and kind of an understanding about how you would apply that as well Mm. if we were ever to stage something in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. We would have ideas about what to do and kind of how to do it. Yeah, because that was really something that we talked about, wasn't it, after the performance about those those choices that were made. You know, that Christian was talking about that Eric Hayes decided to make Eugene O'Neill's scene directions almost um, come alive. So the scene directions were kind of read out or they were performed, actually. They were performed, really. Um, So it was it just added something, didn't it? So. Like, I presume you had read the play before you went along, Neve. had you? Um, I hadn't, actually. Oh, you hadn't? It really, okay. su- it really surprised me. Yeah. And I went back and I read it afterwards and I was kind of, I was almost a little bit shocked by how different it felt reading it. Yes. As opposed to seeing it performed. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because, yeah, you would have a different interpretation. Because when I read it and then saw it, I, I was I was surprised too, but in a different way, I was kind of like, oh, this, you know, I, I was when I read it, I went, how are we going to know some of this background mm-hmm. information? How, how are they going to convey that? You know, and I was really intrigued. Um, but it must have been really interesting looking at it the other way around. Yeah. Um, and Emma, what about you? Like, did you have any expectations of what this was going to be like going in? Um, and did any of, you know, did any of it surprise you or anything? Um, well, I actually didn't read it before I went in either. You're terrible, all of you. Sorry. Guilty as charged. Usually, like, if I was ever reading a play, I sometimes, just like, you know, not knowing myself, I would just kind of skim over the stage directions and yes. I wouldn't really take them yes. in. Yes, I think that's what a lot of people yeah, do. Yeah, but then when I saw Huey staged and they used the stage directions, like, you know, they actually, like, acted it out and stuff. 
you kind of realise that, you know, the stage directions, they're just as important as the actual dialogue and stuff. Yeah. So it kind of like, I reevaluated. I was like, oh, okay, I need to take the whole thing as one, not separate the two. Do you know, I know what I mean? And isn't that interesting? Like, you know, we could probably stand up at the top of the classroom and mm. say that, but it wouldn't have in any way the same yeah. impact as as it has going along to something like that and, and seeing it in action. Um, did any of the performances, I mean, you know, some of the things that they told us afterwards were interesting too, weren't they, in, in relation to um, the performance of the play and how they've done it differently. So Aoife, like, you know, they, they spoke about how how they've kind of exchanged the roles amongst themselves. Tell, you know, if, if anybody wasn't there, what what was that about or um, it, I, well it was really interesting because it meant as well I think it was especially hard for the actors because it meant that they had to know three parts inside out mm. essentially and um, of course everybody had like a favourite role that they liked to play um, I think though the thing that I found most interesting was when they were talking about playing that you know that third character like the character of the stage directions mm-hmm. um, that they felt that in a way it was the character of Huey himself the clerk that had passed away um, and it really made sense because, you know, um, within the stage directions, it had, it, the character had its own voice. You know, it had a, a kind of a way of speaking and it was humorous at times and it was sad at times. And um, I think all three of the actors found that role particularly interesting to look at because it was kind of like, it wasn't a character, it was more of a presence between the two of them. So. Yeah, like a spectre kind of or ghost hanging over the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really interesting to me too. Um, And we were really privileged. We got to go for lunch with them afterwards as well and they were, you know, telling us a little bit more about their background and everything. And I suppose, yeah, even just to meet these people, see what their lives are like. I mean, I suppose part of our part of our hope in in having, you know, students on our English programme is that it doesn't kind of just change your approach to literature or, you know, you start to think about these themes and how you approach an exam question, but also that, you know, all that seeps into life and, and looking at different ways of living and, and that literature is kind of as much about that as any other thing as well. Um, so, yeah, it's great that, that you came away from it with that. Was there any other take-home messages that you had from it? Um, Krista, what about you? What did you... Um, well, just to say, first of all, the actors at lunch after... Uh, talked a lot about how much they enjoyed the students and how much they enjoyed the questions because, you know, I suppose acting is such a sycophantic world, you know, they're so used to people telling them how wonderful they are (laughs) and students ask questions, you know, that uh, maybe they hadn't been asked before, didn't expect and they really, really enjoyed that. Um, From the students' perspective, I thought it was really useful for the students to get an insight into the dynamics of performance. It's it's always great to to see a performance, but to hear from the actors about what they do when things don't go exactly right, what they do when they forget a line. Dorian talked about that. (coughs) That was really interesting. Particularly for students majoring or minoring in theatre studies, because this is a, a real event and you know, it's it's something that happens to most people. You know, my dad used to always talk about walk about um, seeing around corners. That talking to someone who has expertise in the field, it's like being able to see around a corner because they've already been around that corner. Wow! And I think Dorian I really that. talked about that. Yeah, that if this happens to you, here's what you can do. Yeah, you know? yeah, because he he had the he talked about how he had been in this kind of was it an amateur production at the yeah. time? I think. And oh, it was so was it Shakespeare? Funny. Yeah. What, what, what Shakespeare play was it? I can't remember. But Tough night, I think. Was it? And he had, he had this role. He went out onto the stage, and he was you know he'd been practicing. He was ready. He went out, and he drew a complete blank, blank blankety blank checkbook and pen. And he went out there, and he, he he didn't know what to say, so he just left. He walked off the stage, had a think, 
And they went back on again as if none of it had ever happened. And the poor, his, his poor fellow actors were kind of just standing there waiting yes. for us. what was going to happen next. Came back on and just redid it. And the audience knew we're none the wiser. Yeah, yeah they just thought, wow, it's a really unique adaptation. Yeah, how avant-garde <laughs> is that? You know, I just thought it was fantastic. It's kind yeah. of good, it, you know, it's good advice for life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's, it's the if at first you don't succeed advice, pretty much. Um, brilliant, yeah. So um, was, what about the rest of you? Were there any other kind of take-home messages that you got from it? What about you, Neve? I suppose the importance of, of what is unseen because the fact that the that a character that is not there is the, is what the play is named after mm. and also that is so important to the plot really shows, I think, that in drama we almost, we pick up on the unseen as much as we pick up on what we do see. Yeah. And the unseen can have so much meaning to the plot and kind of the spaces in between the lines can have so much to say. And you only really get that through performance, don't you? You don't, you can't, you was, well, you can see it sometimes in the text, but you have to be very attuned to it, I think. You know, it really, it comes across in the performance in such a different way. It's not the same on the page no. because when it's being performed, you can feel the empty space. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and they can create space, carve out spaces where maybe you didn't see them before. It's really, really, really interesting. What about the rest of you? What about you, Emma? Was there was there anything that you kind of took away from the day or just enjoyed the experience? What What did you think? Did you learn anything? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not to put you on the spot now. I don't know. Like, it was just, it was nice to see it acted out, do you know. Um, there was a nice kind of camaraderie, wasn't yeah. there, as well, in the room and afterwards... Yeah, it was nice even just to talk to them yeah. afterwards. Like, you know, if you see something like in theatre or something, they're gone they're afterwards. Gone. But we got to sit down and we got to talk to them and it was just a nice experience. Yeah. Really, that's... I know, those kind of things even, you know, those kind of softer things about going yeah. to see something in, in with your group or with your, with the English, you know, everybody in the English programme is kind of nice. Even just that, from that social aspect, I think. Mm. How about you, Aoife? Was there anything that stood out? Uh, <clears throat> well, what I liked was the fact that they kind of had to work with what they had. So, like, they didn't have oh, yeah. their stage, they didn't have their props, and they didn't have their soundboard. So, like, um, at the beginning, um, there's meant to be the sound of, like, a ticking clock. And um, I think it was um, the director, he stood at the back of the room and literally made the sound with his tongue because they didn't have a soundboard. Yeah. But I think, like, it, it brought a really interesting element to it for me just at the beginning because I was kind of, like, you know, reflecting on the fact that, like, time is man-made, you mm-hmm. know, and, like... Um, it just I felt the whole thing with um, like with Eerie kind of talking about Huey's death and everything like that you know it just I don't know made it all kind of the more sort of more pronounced for me Mm -hmm. and the fact that they were kind of acting on the same level as us and just you know in the middle of the room there was no stage they weren't higher than us they weren't elevated it felt um, like we were really immersed in it which was I thought was particularly interesting. Like there wasn't a minute that I looked away or, you know, checked the time or anything. I was just completely immersed in it for the whole thing. Absolutely. There was nobody checking their phones during that yeah. performance. Yeah, you couldn't get away with it either. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was it was a very democratic setting. We you know, yeah, you didn't feel like you were kind of below anybody or they were all on the same level. Um okay, so that yeah, Huey, I think it went down really well and, and hopefully a lot of the people then that attended that also came to the creative writing workshop, which we had on Tuesday morning. Um, so our colleague Fiona Ennis did kind of the heavy lifting on organising this. So a huge thanks to her because obviously one of the, the, the hiccups that happened here was that Claire was meant to come 
um, back in October and got really sick and couldn't attend. And, you know, there was a room booked, everything was organised, people were invited. It was, you know, it, it was pretty difficult to, to kind of try and get around that and reorganise everything back again and then organise it, you know, a second time. Um, so Fiona did a fantastic job, I have to say, on that regard. It was really brilliant. So I went, you know, I went along, Christian went along to this. You were all there as well. And it was pretty full, actually, um, which was great to see. And Claire Keegan is an award winning author and somebody that a lot of the students who, you know, maybe were first years in the room, probably read um, as part of their Leave and Search syllabus. So Foster, her story is is an amazing story. And for anybody who hasn't read it, it's available online. You know, it was published in The New Yorker. So it's still there. If you just Google it, um, you'll find it. And it's a really, really great story. Um, You were talking just before we went on air. um, Aoife, you were talking about how you would studied it. Emer, did you study it as well? Did you... Uh, uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> oh, what am I talking about? Emma, did you did you uh, study it as well or did you focus on that for the Leave and Search? No, um, we done a different play, actually. We done the play on the stars, but I'd heard a lot about her yeah. before I came in. So I was quite interested to see, like, you know, how she thought and like how she structures her stories and stuff. Yeah. OK, so that so so we have two kind of coming at it from two different perspectives. What about you, Aoife? You, you had studied it, hadn't you? Did you answer on it in the Leaving? I did, yeah. Um, mm. So it was part of my comparative study for the Leaving Cert. Right. And um, I really, it was my favourite out of the three comparative texts that we had. And, you know, we watched a film as well, so that's kind of saying something. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's relatively short. It's 88 pages. So, you know, you could sit down and you could read it in a day. But as well... Um, like you know it's it's not like overly dramatic there's no great big moment of sadness or like you know like it, but there's tension and like there's a climax and everything like that it's just the way it's written even in the space of just 88 pages it's very subtle but it's mm. also very emotional at the same time so you do feel it like you would kind of experience it and um i was talking to Claire at the end afterwards and i was just you know i was asking her about the ending because it's quite ambiguous and you know i was kind of saying is there a definite answer? Did you did you intend to make it ambiguous or did you have an idea in your mind? And she kind of just said, well, how did you feel when you read it? You know, and mm. that was kind of all of the answer. Like, I'm not going to spoil it, but that was all of the answer that I needed when she asked me, how yeah. did you feel? And one thing that I loved that she said about that was, you know, as a writer, you give the reader the pieces that they need to put it together in the way that they think it should be at the end um, so that you don't always cl- have to close things off. But that doesn't mean that you get away with kind of leaving things really open ended or anything. You know, you don't. there's no free ride, I guess, in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did kind of say you just have to give the, the reader just enough. Um, so, Krista, you were you were sitting beside me um, during it. I know both of us really enjoyed the, the workshop. Um, and I loved, you know, there's something as well about, you know, watching somebody who's a guest lecturer come in. And when mm-hmm. that's your job um, as well, to stand up in front of a group of people, I kind of was watching her going, oh, I like what you did there. Like her presentation technique, if you could call it that, because I think I don't even know if you could call it that because it seems so innate and so natural to her. But it was just fantastic, wasn't it? She kind of she had these moments of energy, these moments of quiet, these moments of questioning. What did you think about her delivery? Yeah, I thought she was a really engaging speaker. And I suppose the thing about Claire is that she's you know, well known as a facilitator as well as a writer and regularly gives workshops um, in the Writer Centre in Dublin. So it's such a great opportunity for us as students and staff to be able to participate in this without cost, you know, because these yeah. workshops are, are quite expensive, you know, if you choose to do them yourself. So it's one of those great 
um, elements of our, our course here in WIT. Um, so I think Claire was really engaging. It's not always easy to engage a, uh, a young group, you know, and particularly when you have a mixed cohort students who have read your work, students who maybe haven't read your work mm. and so on. And so I thought she did a really fantastic job of bringing everybody together. Uh, one of the things, of course, I loved was that she focused on The Great Gatsby, which incidentally is one of the texts on my um, modernism course this year. So my students had just covered it and it was really great to see the way she approached the text, which is quite different to the way we approached it. We, we look mm. at it as a, a modernist narrative and we focus particularly on uh, the text as a post-war novel and alienation and other things in the novel. And she focused on the structure. Yes. You know, just very simply on the beginning, the middle and the end. And really simple, but really effective and really powerful too, you know. And I loved the way she she just took time to read certain passages from that book mm. that she absolutely loved. Um, so she talked about, you know, the, the, the passage about the heat on the bus and she read that out and, you know, as a descriptive passage, as a way of feeling hot when you're reading it, feeling roasting hot and that oppressive heat. And, you know, she, she talked about um, how there's, you know, you could do an awful lot worse than finding a paragraph like that and writing it out. I love that idea mm. that you write it out and then all of a sudden it feels like you've written it in some strange way. And she said that doesn't mean that you've created it. You haven't. But you've you've written it. You know what it feels like to write down those words. Um, a lot of for me, what I what I heard from her was very liberating. I know that, you know, I we would, you know, write maybe in an academic way or, you know, things like that where you don't maybe have a huge amount of time to sit down and, and write fiction. But I've sat there and I've I've tried to do it and I've 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 developed that kind of paralysis that she talks about where you feel oh I don't know what I'm doing here I don't know where this character is going I don't know where this story is going to end and I feel like I should know those things um, before I start and she gave permission for not knowing those things and, and just sitting down and writing and figuring out your character and figuring out your story as you're going along and I, I found that really kind of it's funny you know there was nothing that she said that should have been particularly surprising and yet some of those things just land, don't they? And they really chime with you. Did you have any moments like that, Neve, when, when you were <coughs> at the at the workshop? Almost everything she said was so insightful that it's yeah. very hard to pick <laughs> one thing in particular that stood out to me. But something that has stuck with me ever since is that she said writing is all about time. Yes. And it sounds really obvious, but when it's, when it's explained, it makes so much sense. And that some of the best writing is just about moments in time. Mm. Uh, she, I think she created a little narrative in the class to kind of show an example of it. It's like a woman leaves work, goes on the bus, a man sits too close to her on the bus and the tension goes up and then the man moves away. She goes home, can't find her cat, tension goes up again, finds the cat it's in the bathroom. She goes, makes dinner for one and ends up watching a documentary about Princess Diana. Yeah. And then suddenly she said, now what if I told you that was meant to be her wedding day? And suddenly everything just changed and that story became so much more, I don't know, kind of intense almost. Yeah, absolutely. That maybe the man didn't sit too close. It was just too close for her. She was she was afraid when the cat was gone because she thought her fiancé had come and taken the cat. Yeah. Like she was watching a documentary about Princess Diana because it was meant to be her wedding day. Yeah. And the way that all those moments in time came together to build up a story that even didn't have to be explained to us. We all understood intrinsically what she meant. Yes. I thought it was fantastic. So did I. I thought that was fantastic. It was so simple, wasn't it? And and like it was her her whole kind of idea about just, you know, you know, now she's at the bus stop and then 
you know, 10 minutes later, she's on the bus and then half an hour later, she's at home. And then so breaking it down in terms of what she's doing from time, you know, from one period of time to, to the next is, again, a way of kind of demystifying the process and that you don't have to, you know, set out with some big shocking scene at the start or, or you know, try and get into depth in, in some, you know, I don't know, in some current debate about politics or whatever, you know, you don't have to do that. That actually if you should pair it back and be respectful of the character and wait for something to happen almost. Yeah, she mentioned that she was doing a writing workshop, I think, in Singapore mm. and that somebody came up to her and asked her, like, you know, about starting a novel with a sex scene. And she said she thought that was actually very rude for the characters. Like, you know, you want to get to know somebody before you before you see things like that about them. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's very personal. Yeah, she she kind of went up to Fiona and she said, I'm only doing this because I know Fiona. And kind of went <laughs> up and, and kind of got in Fiona's space and said, look how rude that is. Well, that's what you're doing with that scene. <laughs> yeah, like would you walk up to somebody in the street and say, I remember, I remember. Yeah. Without even asking them who they are first. Yes. Which really does make a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. When you think about it. I know. Her approach is just interesting, isn't it? It's just, it, it was so refreshing. What about you guys? So again, you know, this you're in your first year. You're being hit over the head with all these things. <laughs> what do you think about it, Emma? Um, one thing that kind of stuck with me when she was talking to us was, you know, you don't need to know absolutely everything about where your story is going to go just kind of you know follow the flow of it if you know exactly how your story is going to end you're going to lose your character in the middle and they don't know where they're going do you know and you're Mm. going to end up having kind of you know the middle is supposed to be like where the tension builds whereas you're going to have like you know a bit of a dip in the action or whatever so you know kind of go with the flow and see how your story turns out rather than going, okay, we're going to do this, then this, then this. Mm-hmm. Just, like she said, follow your feet, you know. Yeah. Do what your character feels like they want to do. Yeah, where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah, and follow the action almost. Yeah. Um, something that struck me was how similar some of those rules were to, to rules about screenwriting, you know, that that I'd cover my, maybe in another module, but that, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff about action and focusing on what the character is doing and not getting into their head maybe too soon, not not going there too quickly. Um, it was really good advice, I think. Again, it gives you that permission to just see what pans out. Um, Aoife, what did you think about the about the whole thing? How did you come um, away from it? I think, again, um, the whole thing of like, you don't have to have everything planned out because um, I've been writing fiction and stuff since I was about 12. And, you know, when I was younger, it was like, I'm just going to go on and I'm just going to like write without a plot and it's going to be fine and then when I got older I got this idea of well it has to be plotted Mm. and I think as well it's because um, like and we've talked about this in in modules and stuff as well like sometimes we give the author too much credit and we've decided that like you know they've have this huge interwoven web of like you know little hints here and there and like they've laid everything out and there's all this foreshadowing and it's all genius and all this sort of thing and it's up to us to figure out their genius yeah exactly yeah. and like sometimes like I think it's important to kind of realise as well because when I was speaking to her afterwards I asked her if you don't have an ending in mind how do you put in all that foreshadowing then, you know, because there was aspects of foreshadowing in Foster when we were studying it. Mm. And she said, well, when I'm writing it, it's not foreshadowing. It's what helps me decide the ending kind of, right? you know, um, which I thought was really interesting. So it kind of, I thought that was the most important thing to take away from it. Like you don't have to have everything entirely planned out because in a way, like you can apply that to life as well. Mm. Because if you try to really strictly plan every single thing out, it's going to go wrong and you're going to be disappointed, you know, so. 
And it has a lot to tell us as well about, you know, not just writing fiction, but like writing in general, you know, the, the type of writing that we're getting to you to do when you're writing academic essays. So this idea that, you know, your first draft, that you, you can have your first draft be whatever you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you submit that draft. You know, she was saying, you know, be careful what you show to your friends, um, you know, until you're ready to, to kind of put something out into the world, then maybe you, you're not ready to hear what they have to say and maybe they don't know what they want to say. Um, but that idea that your first draft can be whatever you want it to be and then that you hone it afterwards and that maybe, you know, once you've figured out what the ending is going to be, then you can go back and you can put hints in or you can, you know, you can alter things Um in that kind of in that process. Um, Krista, I'll just come back to you for a second. Um, you know, what what was the thing that that struck you the most about about this event? Like, what did you enjoy the most about it? I think what was really interesting listening to Claire talk was, first of all, as the girls have said, how she demystified the process, um, but also how she focused on writing with your feet. You know, that mm-hmm. sense of getting out of your head and, you know, it runs contrary to what we do here. I know. You know and it's uh, good advice academia. for us, I thought. You know what I it mean? It is, because I think we focus so much on analysis and yeah. evaluation and mm-hmm. still focus on that for your essays. Yes, do not You know, and that. exams, because that's what you're doing. You're analysing a text. But when you're writing, you know, you need to bring a different approach to your work. And she talked about every paragraph of fiction being a paragraph of feeling. Mm. You know, and I think that's worthwhile remembering. Yeah, that idea about the paragraph that has a particular direction. I mean, that applies to any type of writing. You know, the the, the idea of working from the general General to the particular particular in any paragraph, like that applies to academic writing or writing of any kind. You know, that's just a good hint, Mm. a good rule to employ in any of your writing at all. You know, where you start out and you kind of suggest the, the, the... point of the paragraph I guess in that first sentence or suggest where the paragraph is going to go rather and then get more specific as you go on and give more details and you know for, for your exams or your, your essays that you give concrete examples from the text and you explain things and you connect ideas together like the same thing happens but in a very different way when you're writing fiction you know according to what Claire was telling us and it's just I suppose it was just really good really good advice all around. Um, so look thank you very much for attending all of those events thank you very much for um, coming today um, and being part of our podcast and for our students best of luck in all the exams (laughs) and the CA and everything Um, we really hope that you get on really well and that you'll continue to be part of our podcast series thanks Thanks a million thank you